Hello, everyone, and welcome to this live and very early episode of To the Moon, Allison, where we talk about the top and trending works in science fiction, fantasy, speculative fiction, and romance. I am so excited to be joined today by a young adult horror author, which is new for this show, but I think it still fits under several of those umbrellas, which we will tick off those boxes very soon here. Skyla Arndt. Welcome, Skyla. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I was saying it's better than Saturday morning cartoons because that's really <laughs> what I should be doing right now, either that or sleeping. So right now we were joking. This is brought to you unofficially by Monster because that's the only way we're awake. Mine is coffee with vitamins. So pretend Mine I'm being healthy. I would like the strawberry lemonade, not super healthy, but it's that's early. Fruit. So that's fruit. You're like chicken. Yeah, yeah I guess it's lemons and strawberry. So Are there, is there any juice in there, Skyla? Like any? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but it, it keeps me awake and this is early. So <laughs> it's, it's early, but also I feel like it's kind of on brand for you write a genre that honestly, until I saw yours, I didn't think it existed. Why a horror? And if there isn't something like a monster energy drink that is more on brand for YA horror, I don't know what it is. Can you tell us what YA horror even means just to you? Because Everyone's seeing the cover of your book and just going, I want it. And they don't even know what it is. And they're just like, I want it. But that's because your cover is gorgeous. And I wish Thank I had you. one to hold up. But my shirt is kind of like an ode to it because it's got the Morgwood. Look at that. Okay. So yeah, I don't have the hardcover right now, but it's gorgeous. I've been staring at the arc of it. Yeah. My publisher, it's actually even more, it's more niche than that. They've been calling it horror man's horror man's. Like that's a blend of that. Hey, so that might be even more, that that's might be even cool. harder to understand. But basically, yeah, young adult, it's, it's, they're 17 year old characters, but um, horror romance, it's just like, it's like half horror and then half like pining, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so when they're not being scared, uh, yes. I guess they're. And sometimes uh, even when they are like, yeah, both emotions are coming out really clearly. And I don't even know how you pulled that off, but you did. But, I, yeah. Those are my two favorite genres. So I can't write horror without a little bit of romance. And I can't write romance without being a little weird and spooky. So it was just something like, this is just what I like. So I'm just going to blend it together and see if anyone else likes it. I think a lot of people do. I mean, there are so many people on my timeline now. And just for the record, if someone's watching this in the distant future, this is August 5th. So we are still in the middle of ugly summer and people are posting all of their Halloween things and wishing everybody a happy Halloween because they just can't wait for fall. Those are the people who I think are in love with horror at some point. So you are not the only person who wants to have those two things together. But I think there are people who are in either camp who would appreciate the fact that you have both of these things here and that you don't go so far in one or so far in the other that it, it would alienate readers of either, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, so when you started working on this, did you think I'm writing a horror romance, horror romance, what am I going to do with this? Because people are going to go, what exactly is this? And it doesn't fit in any box. And so we're just going to throw it. I probably should have thought about that, but I was more thinking, <laughs> I was more thinking, I was like, yeah, I like this. I'd read this. So it, I, yeah, I wasn't giving it enough thought. It was mainly just like, I was like, would I read this? And the answer was yes. And <laughs> so honestly, I was like, good enough. Best. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, I told you, like, I can't write something if there's not romance in it. So even though I wanted to write horror, I'm like, well, I'm going to get bored if they're not like, oh, thinking about kissing. So I'm like, of course I had to add that. Um, so yeah, it was mainly like a, um, just a personal like selfish thing. I'm like, yeah, I really want to read this book. So I'm going to write it and we'll see if anyone even likes it. And 
The answer is they yes. Do great. The answer is yes. And I, I feel like there are a lot of people out there who like those books that cross those lines. And it is funny because publishing often gets really rigid and goes, well, we don't really know what to do with this. So we're just going to ignore it. And maybe in the YA sphere, they're a little bit less rigid or they just assume that young adults have so many hormones going through them at all times that they want that romance and that they're fine, whatever other genre it shows up. But this is, I mean, I've read some science fiction that has a little bit of romance, but not to this extent I don't think so I feel like you're just opening doors here and when you when you queried your agent and then you ended up getting published were they saying yeah we, we have this breakout thing that it's between or were they trying to not emphasize one or the other and hope they wouldn't notice like don't tell anyone there's kissing <laughs> I don't know I I feel like I was lucky that when it was coming out it was kind of starting to be like I know Aaron Craig um like House of Salt and Sorrows there was like a little bit of both like horror mm -hmm. and romance and I I think it was it was starting to become more of a thing so it wasn't um but I think the first time I heard horror romance was from my publisher um, they made it up for you yes yeah um yeah because my my agent worked, she was just like, yeah, she's like, I love both of these genres, but I don't know if we like blended the two together into a weird Frankenstein term mm -hmm. until after the book was like starting to um, be promoted a little bit more. But yeah, I, I think the term fits it well. That's what it is. <laughs> it does. And it's funny because one of the terms that is floating around big time in like author Twitter is romanticy. Like romanticy yeah. is everywhere. And then you talk to authors who write fantasy with some romance and then they're arguing about, well, mine's not really a romanticy because there's a little romance. But, you know, but now you are now the the banner woman of, of horror romance. So you get to be the genre standard and determine whether or not something fits and you can tell everybody else if they fit or not. That's scary, but... <laughs> Like, oh, and the fun thing is that I've had a lot of readers that um, they don't, they never thought they liked horror. Like they didn't <laughs> think they'd want to read horror. And they're like, I actually enjoyed it. Like it didn't, like it scared them a little bit, but like it kind of like I was like easing them into it. Oh, so, you're the gateway drug. Yeah. I feel like I'm like slowly like introducing them to horror, which is really fun. Uh, Cause then maybe if I do a little spookier down the line, I'm like easing them into the genre. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> but I think that's really common though, because I feel like, especially, I don't, I don't want to be sexist, but more, probably more girls than boys, mm -hmm. especially when they're younger, like Ugh, horror. I don't want horror. They automatically assume it's either gross or more gruesome. Exactly. And I, I have been in that place myself because when I was younger, I didn't want to read horror. I'm like, I get nightmares just thinking about anything. So don't, don't give me things intentionally to make me scared. My sister was always the one pushing me to read certain things. And she was always using Stephen King's things that are kind of more on the fantasy side. And she'd be like, it's not horror and like slide me the book and I'm like is Stephen King not reading it and she's like but this one's not horror and she'd had me read it and now I'm a I'm a huge Stephen King fan including things that are clearly horror like I forgot where the line was and just fell right over and my book sister she writes gothic literary horror more often than not mm -hmm. and it's like it's all these vibes and feels and it's spooky and it's beautiful versus like yeah there's just bodies piling up and because yes. most people aren't going to be like yes that's my cup of tea and if they are they don't admit it usually not not mm -hmm. publicly they're not going to say that but I think people will look just at your cover and go this is something special this is something different and they'll see that element of horror because if you want to hold it up again there you're seeing like the bones inside their bodies and and then the yeah you see inside of Elwood's chest, yeah. you see all his ribs and stuff, but you can also tell they're clearly in love. Obviously, you're like, oh, I'm scared. <laughs> like, it's not a subtle, but I just thought, I'm like, yeah. yup, there it is. 
Well, yeah, and people are seeing the cover going, I don't know what it is, but I need it. Well, the answer is it's horror romance. So when you were writing this, where did you start? Was this something where you were like, I have these characters and I'm going to put them through hell, but I don't know the hell yet? Or did you know the hell and need to find out who was going to explore that hell with you with this place literally called the morgue wood? So with my book, it was a weird process in that I had the title first. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I was like, that's interesting. Jot that one down. Um, and then a lot of it came through revision. Like it started completely off the walls. Like my first inkling of an idea, believe it or not, it was Victorian England. So this is like, I know this it was like where I didn't write a full This is very contemporary. It is very contemporary. I know. But you hear the name Norovina and Elwood. That's kind of where that came from. Okay. Um, so I was thinking, I was like, well, I want like a super religious boy to have like some sort of like demon or something inside of him. So I had that. And then I want a rebel girl. So I, I had those two things. And then um, it was just revising and revising and revising. And I, I didn't write the full uh, full draft of the Victorian Gothic. That was just like the first inkling of an idea. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed when I said it in present day, Will jumped off the page first. Like she was just like, hi, I'm here. I'm ready to go. Um <laughs> Elwood, it's like a running joke with my um, friends that Elwood took a lot to figure out who he was. Um, there's been so many iterations of Elwood. It's not even funny. There was. <laughs> well, a you're happy with this on the page now because I loved him. But when I you say Elwood, that, yeah. that actually makes sense because Will is an in-your-face character. So yes. it makes sense that she just showed up, announced herself, and started taking names, causing trouble, and getting in people's faces. Yes. And it also makes sense that. I think we might have froze. Oh, I didn't froze on my end, but you're okay. You're okay. okay. Keep going. You're fine. But yeah, Will's much more of a a quiet, at least when it starts, kind of unassuming person. So I can see how their personalities even come through and how you wrote them in in the revisions of she's here. And he's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do yet. You tell me. I'll wait over there. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, I got actually figured out most of his personality. There was like a throwaway line about him liking bugs. And then I, I know that's not a throwaway line anymore. Like that's not, um, but I kind of threw that in there and I was like, that's quirky. That's fun. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's the whole plot. (laughs) And it just kind of expanded on itself. And it just like, that's really just one line really took on like a shape of its own with the whole book. Um, but yeah, most of my stories is just revision, revision, revision. Is that usually how you write? Because I feel like most people think, okay, my first draft has to be amazing and it needs to win a Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> and if it doesn't, I have failed. And we always talk about how writing is rewriting. And mm-hmm. I, I love how it seems like you've embraced that beyond just, I don't even know what the story is until the revision or even where to set it. It's not yes. the story, by the way. My yeah, every book I write, it has to be revised multiple times before it even resembles the story that you would see. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, that went through, I think it was like several different drafts before it was presentable. Presentable, we're, we're ready to come out, meet the public, meet your agent, meet yeah, an editor who's going to give it a whole new genre. And, and I'm very actually glad that you didn't set it in a Victorian era, not that Me I don't too. like reading books like that. I mean, I do, but I feel like for YA. Mm-hmm. It would be less accessible to a YA reader who wants to be able to see themselves in these characters. And, you know, we've been talking about Will and Elwood, but you actually have a full cast here of their friends and seeing mm-hmm. how they all interact. And I, I feel like every kid could probably see themselves in 
for me for a second. I am there. Can you okay. hear me? Yep, I can hear you. My, my internet doesn't want to cooperate, so I'm pushing okay. everything yeah. in. But I was I was just saying, I feel like each of the kids is a different kind of kid, even yes. though they're all friends. They've got different personalities, including one who's not even in their circle. And I love how I won't spoil the ending, but he's like there back at the ending. And I was just laughing so hard at that. I'm like, we all know that guy. I had to add that. Yeah. <laughs> you that guy, you're like, oh, it's you. Uh, but then even the relationship between the kids and their different parents, you have different iterations of that because part, like, I think sometimes people think, well, yes, why I always has the missing or absent parent, but not all the parents are missing. Not all the parents are absent. And even their absenteeism presents itself in different yeah. ways. So hopefully, I don't know what your relationship is with your parents or if they're still living, but hopefully they mm -hmm. aren't insulted by or like, how dare you, Skylar? We raised you better than that. Yeah, I had uh my mom was <laughs> she's like, why did you kill me off? Thank <laughs> you. Like, I'm like it's not about you. <laughs> mom, you're just a plot device to get the story going. Don't you know anything yeah. about an inciting yeah. incident? Mom? She's probably just like, wait a second. Why is what wait, I'm not dead? <laughs> yeah. How rude, mom. But still, I think I think that's it's excellent because it's not just, you know, when the when this everything starts and you have this in the the, not the prequel, but like you've got a little preface in the beginning mm -hmm. of the book about how you have this friendship that had been ruined by the fact that this girl believes her mother was kidnapped or done something to by her best friend's parents. And mm -hmm. that was the end of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So as we start, the relationship is already over, or is it? Mm -hmm. And then everything starts going bad very, very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to say something about just the pacing in this book is I felt like I don't remember getting in a book where I felt like I knew the characters very quickly, very fast. And things also started happening really quickly because I feel like a lot of times we spend so much time getting to know the characters that it's like, I know this is supposed to make me care about them, but are they ever going to do anything? Or are they just going to sit there? Was that something that changed in the revision process too, as far as how quickly things started going? Yeah. Um, I, there was a lot more, like we had a cafeteria scene. We like at the school, we had, there was like a whole bunch of like little like scenes that just didn't service the the plot. Like they were just there. So between my agent, my editor and all that, we, we went through and we cut a lot, but I've always been kind of like, I've never been in like a, what you call an overwriter. So mm -hmm. people that have like huge like 500 page books like I've never it's always been a little bit like slim but I was always shocked like when I got this I was like wow it's very tiny she's just very but um yeah there was there were more scenes but they ended up being cut um but it wasn't ever like this huge giant tome <laughs> it was it was always on the the smaller side but we still went through and we cut to just service the pacing better well, I think the pacing was just excellent. And I don't say that about a lot of books because I do feel like a lot of times they're like, well, we have to really know these people and their favorite colors and their entire routine for three months before anything starts happening. And you service that really well by doing a lot in these moments of, okay, here's where it is. And the characters reflecting on this is what it used to be like. And so the book is dual POV from Will's point of view and Elwood's point of view. And so you're able to fill that out a lot more than you would if it was a single point of view where it's like, well, why does she see him that way? Well, OK, well, what is he feeling? What is he seeing? Including even just a character who I thought I was going to hate and then I didn't hate. And that yes. do you want to take a guess who that is? Uh, definitely, probably Lucas. It was Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's when the general consensus for <laughs> everyone. I was kind of like, oh, I hate him. I hate him. And then they're like, he's not that he's bad. Not, he's, he's not that bad. And part of it is because we are introduced to him 
through Will's point of view. And I, for people who are like, Will, Will's Wilhelmina. Yeah, Will can't stand this dude. So in my head, you, we've got like Malfoy sitting there. It's like, yeah. we've got, we've got just, who do you want to punch? It's Joffrey, it's Malfoy. So in my head, he was instantly annoying blonde with a punchable face, which probably isn't accurate for how he actually looks, but that's just like that sneer. And then you're like, wait a second, other people think he's a good dude. What, what are we all missing here from Will's point of view? And then we do see a lot more from him. So kudos to making a, a punchable character unpunchable. <laughs> by the end of the book and not just by, oh, he suddenly had this big catharsis, but just having a rounded person, which I think is nice when we don't always just demonize somebody, especially another kid. Like, yeah, just a person too. Tell me, do you have a Lucas in your life? Uh, No, but uh, I think uh, with him, I just wanted to kind of, like you said, round him out. And of course he's got all those characteristics that Will hates in the beginning. Like he's not perfect, but it's like looking at him through the lens of Elwood or um, Ronnie and just kind of like, if you had done this in uh, Lucas's POV, I'm sure Will would have seen, seemed just like this, like horrible, like headstrong yeah. um, girl. He's so it's kind of like, just yeah, like, in your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just making them rounded out. Like they're all characters with flaws. Um, none of them are perfect. And um just showing that at the end that yeah he's got all of those problems but he's you know he's a kid and he's still learning and a couple flaws doesn't like that's not the full scope of his character now it was the fact that you basically gave all of the characters including the girls boys names was that deliberate or was that no it was not it just kind of happened because i i did it took me a minute when i was reading it to realize okay she has Wilhelmina has different nicknames. So people call her Will, but her dad calls her Minnie, which is so cute. <laughs> but, the, but he's like the only one who's calling her that. And then you mentioned Ronnie in that short for it's Veronica. Veronica. Because somebody who calls her V, they're like, I hate when they call her V. She's Ronnie now. So w- w- that was just a happy accident that everybody that just got happened. Uh, like I said, with uh, Elwood and Will, that kind of came from that like early Victorian influence. Yeah. Um, and then I thought to myself, Wilhelmina, she wouldn't call herself that. I, she just feels very like, she's like, no, just Will. Like, just shorten it, get to the point. Um, and I could see her parents softening it by calling it um, her mini, uh, which she'll only tolerate from her parents. Um, yeah. And no then, one else calls that. Yeah. With Veronica, yeah, I, I liked, I, I, I definitely think it, maybe in the beginning it might have been, yeah, a little confusing, but I like how... Um, they they have different um, nicknames depending on their relationship. Mm-hmm. Like she'll say Ronnie, like she'll just make it like kind of like casual, kind of like her name. And then uh, he kind of softens it, makes it. And they all it's like they're different uh, relationships. Exactly, and you manage that really well. And like I, met, I mentioned earlier, different parental relationships, but mm-hmm. also that whole idea. And I think this is really true when we're young adults um, and even teenagers where we are different people depending on what group we're in and how our parents see us versus our peers versus in a relationship that's like a romantic relationship and even the different spokes on the wheel of a friendship where it's several guys and like who's who's the supporting character and who's kind of the lead and everybody else just kind of defers to what they're doing whether they're doing the right thing or not that that all kind of plays out well and you manage that really well because I feel like a lot of times secondary characters just become like placeholders but you had well-rounded 
secondary characters who still mattered throughout, including one who, who wasn't even a secondary character, but he shows up at the very end just to be like, haha, I'm still here. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot about you. You're still causing trouble. <laughs> but I love that you, you did that. And I'm assuming some of those changed during revisions also, and probably weren't there in, I'm sure there was no Brad in the, the Victorian version. No. <laughs> yeah, I no. So. Like I said, yeah, things just appeared with each revision and it eventually started to flesh out into an actual <laughs> story. <laughs> It works, but I mean, I, I'm assuming then you're not an outliner. You're not somebody who does stuff. I ahead actually, of so I, I do, I am, but I write it and then it goes off the walls. Uh, <laughs> so I'll have the outline. It does not always, it's like a roadmap. I don't always follow the road. Like mm-hmm. I always like, sometimes I like veer off path halfway You're through. a terrible driver. <laughs> yes, true. Um, but like, um, I've noticed like I'll have an outline and I'll follow it for that, for the most part, for that revision and then I'll go back and I'll notice that that's not correct so that I'll rewrite the outline rewrite the book and that's just kind of how it goes over and over again until it's you know the final product at what point did you go okay I'm ready to show this to the world whether that be beta readers or then start querying what was that like for you at what point did you go okay I think it's close enough that like the thing can be found by the right eyes to find like the jewel here so I had a, a bit of a weird path. Um, I didn't do traditional querying. I was in, it's not a thing anymore, but I was in a program called Pitch Wars, which is a mentorship program. Yes. It unfortunately yes. isn't a thing anymore. Uh, I wish it was. But basically what that is for people who don't know, it's a mentorship program where a hopeful, like a querying hopeful uh, writer gets paired up with um, a couple different traditionally published authors. So I had Allison Saft and Ava Reed, who are phenomenal, and I owe them so much. But they helped me overhaul my story. Like I did like a 75% rewrite of, yeah, they gave me my first edit letter. We went through, we figured out what was and wasn't working. And then I had about like, I think like three months to do a full like uh, overhaul of the draft. Yep. And then we had a, um, it was like called an agent showcase where you had a snippet of your story and you had a little tiny pitch. And then mm-hmm. agents would go off of that and ask for full like um, full manuscripts and stuff like that. And that's kind of how I did it. So it wasn't like, I didn't have, it wasn't on my own where I was wondering, I was like, is this, this ready? I had my the help of my mentors and they're like, yeah, this is ready, go for it. And I just kind of crossed my fingers yeah. and hope for the best. And luckily that happened, but. Well, and and I'm aware of Pitch Wars. I used to participate in PitMad when PitMad was a thing. And so these are that's like the whole reason people are like, when did you join Twitter? I'm like, well, let's see. I wanted to do December 2019 PitMad. So I had to get on Twitter before that point because I didn't even have an account before that. So I'm like, I will figure out this Twitter thing. And don't make me call it X. I'm not going to. I'm not calling it that. Nobody's calling that. I I think like one person on the planet's calling it that. Yeah, we know who that is. Nobody else is. I'm like, where's my bluebird? You killed the bluebird of happiness and I'm not happy with you. But yeah, that that's the same kind of thing where for when I first got agented, it was the same kind of thing where you're just pitching a book. And I liked that because personally, the idea when you've got a, for people who are watching this and going, I don't know anything about the publishing industry. When you've got a query and agent, you're sending them a letter. Some part of your book, it's usually only a few pages, maybe, maybe 50, but that's kind of like the high end of what you'll get. Mm -hmm. Some of them are like, you get five. Some of them are like, you get 10. Some are like, give me a chapter. 
and then stop. And you, you've got to try to show that, hey, this book is worth reading in this part. Um, and when you're doing a pitch kind of thing on Twitter, I'm still calling it Twitter, you literally have a tweet to try to convey what is your book and whether or not someone might want to read it. And if, if an agent likes it, there you go. So I feel like Pitch Wars is a lot more uh, intensive. And then you get that help, which is amazing because someone comes alongside who's in the industry and knows this is what they're going to be looking for. And this is how we can get eyes on it. Now, the two authors that you mentioned are those people who both write horror or romance or what niche were you trying to say this was at that point? Did you know I'm horromance, even though we didn't have the term yet? Um, we used like a couple, I think we said horror with like elements of fantasy and romance. Like we didn't, we, we didn't use horror romance. We had to say, we said, I think we said like young adult contemporary horror with elements of romance and fan and like fantasy. I think mm -hmm. we said something like that. Um, Ava Reed, uh, does write young adult and adult horror. Um, The Wolf and the Woodsman, Juniper and Thorn. Um, and then Allison Saft writes more like young adult and, um, adult now fantasy, um, a fragile enchantment, um, and down comes the night and the, both of them are just so talented. So I was really lucky to get their, uh, guidance with my draft and we went through, I think we had like two different revisions and they helped me with my synopsis which is like the full like summary of what the book is and then my query and then we were off. But yeah, I still, <laughs> yeah, I still, uh, I still message them for help and stuff constantly uh, to this day. And then Allison actually, she's coming from my, she's flying from California all the way up here to Wisconsin for my launch <laughs> event to help. So yeah, I really got lucky with that. Uh, That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm I'm laughing because you've got one who's like more fantasy and one that's more horror. So I'm totally picturing them as the literal devil and angel on your shoulders, like make it darker. And then the one's like, oh, can my, we do more of actually, fantasy? My pre-pitch wars story was way darker. Like <laughs> it was not even like a little like tease into horror. It Real was like back, it was intense. <laughs> and we kind of like we kind of place more emphasis into their edit letter said more like real life horror like trying to figure out how to like describe that but kind of like the horrors of you know like having parents Elwood's family yeah, and like yeah. different dynamics and more like real life where mm -hmm. before it was like in it was real fantasy like people mm -hmm. were I, I won't get into it because it'll confuse people if they haven't read the book. But yeah, yeah they're like, wait, what? Well, but yeah. I mean, you have all those elements in there. And it's interesting because I saw something trending. I think it was on Blue Sky. Shout out to a social platform that's still growing um, and still has blue. And we appreciate the blue. Thank you very much. Don't take away our pretty colors. Um, talking about like, well, what what con concerns horror? Like if it does it have to have a supernatural element or if it doesn't have a supernatural element, is it still horror or does that become crime? Because you think of there are crimes that are so bad they're horrific and then there's horror that has things like ghosts vampires whatever that are non-natural elements and can you have both and you you have all elements in here because you have humans doing horrible things that are mm -hmm. to the level of horrific and then you also have things that are not of this world so it sounds like they were they were like okay this is gonna be really 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 horrific and maybe not why anymore <laughs> <laughs> like, mm. uh, I think so for me horror is like a giant umbrella term and there's a mm -hmm. whole ton of sub, sub genres like there yes. probably is like there's crime there's more like slasher there's psychological um and I kind of like the I don't know if this is an official subgenre, but once again I'm just making up terms here uh, I like how it's more like a whimsical horror 
like <laughs> something like you'd see How like Timber or yes. Guillermo, I'm not going to say it right. Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Del Toro. Yes. 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 Um, something this like that. Where it's like the Toro impression. Yes. Stan's labyrinth. There we go. Uh, yeah. Where it's like, it's like whimsical. It's like dark. It's like corpse bride or. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's when you get that fantasy element. And then yeah. that's one of the reasons. So I, I joke. So um, the shout out to my book sister, Jennifer Ann Gordon, and she writes Gothic literary horror. And she's really opened my eyes to those different t- types of horror. And when we were scheduling shows, so like I reached out to Skylar to have her come on this show. And some of the authors that I was like, oh, I'd have them come on my show because my show is supposed to be speculative. So science fiction and and fantasy, but I don't generally do horror, but I also do romance. So you tick multiple boxes there, but the horror, that's what she usually does. But she, we already had shows for the ones we do together mm-hmm. and we do mostly horror over there, but it's always adult horror and none of them have romance. So I'm like, this one comes on my show because I'm taking all this stuff. But she's like, no, that's good. You have it. And then she sees the cover of the, your book and goes, I want it. I don't know what it is, but I want it. I'm like, too bad. She's on my show. You'll have to read it later. Ha ha. Um, but you say, okay, so you're, you're talking about all these different genres and it's absolutely true. And one of the big things I would love people to do, and this is shout out to a few other books, is go get a horror anthology. Go get one because you can read in 300 pages 30 different styles of horror mm-hmm. and you'll see that it's very, very broad. And there might be something you go, this is not for me. And you can be like, those are not like maybe really gruesome or whatever. Something that they don't want to read. Body horror is a big no for some people. Cause they just can't. Um, but that, that whimsical, come on, who doesn't like nightmare before Christmas? Who doesn't want those kind of things? And I feel like yours definitely fits that more whimsical. And yes, some things get really dark, but at the same time, spooky moments, but yeah, it's like mainly just kind of this, like, it feels like a dark fairy tale is how I wanted to write it where it's like, you've got some eerie parts of it, but it's not like in your face for the most part. It's not like slasher and gore, which those, those are totally fine, but it's like, that's not just my um, type of horror. I prefer it to be kind of like fantastical and um, and the horror is going on up here in the characters because yes. there's so much dread and foreboding going on through a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Even to start where we've got like the opening scene, you've got Will coming in wanting to know where her mom is and everybody else has written off her mom and yes. he's like, your mom left you and your mom sucks. Tough <laughs> luck, kid. Essentially. And, yeah, exactly. It's like, that's really loving near Christmas. Rude. Um, but <laughs> But at the same point in time, all all of a sudden you get that right right in the head of who she is, how she's feeling, and how other people view her. And it's very much so a psychological horror in that way. And I want to go back to what you said about it being a fairy tale because this has lore. And I feel like whenever you're doing a fantasy with horror elements and you want to call it a fairy tale, it's that lore element. And I love that. And it's like, it's a fairy tale, but anybody's like, well, it's a retelling of what? Well, it's not. It's not a retelling. It's not a reimagining of some story you already know. But who says you know every fairy tale? Who says Skyla mm-hmm. didn't write a new one? <laughs> you will see things that you're like, ooh, I recognize it from this element or, oh, this makes me think of that. But there were certainly things and I am... I'm well enough read in horror now, but I'm certainly not the expert who knows every story in the genre or every old folktale, but there were certain elements I had never seen before. And I loved how you did it. And I don't want to say more than that because I don't want to spoil. Know, like, like, tough not to spoil. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't, don't, don't go there. It's like the cover shows you some stuff and things are happening early enough, but 
the fact that you said, oh, well, this is a throwaway line and then it became his personality. It's like, but yeah. you also worked, worked a lot of that completely into the plot and how that works in from the lore aspect. And I'm always a sucker for the lore. Uh, we, we watch a YouTuber who's always about the lore and my kids are always like, there's lore. I'm like, he's finding lore in children's cartoons and serial commercials. I think he's taking it too far. Um, but here you actually do have things going back in history and things doing that. And, you know, you've got, you've got caper elements and the teamwork building that there's very much like, Oh, it's the Scooby gang coming along yes. here with their very not so appropriate tools at times. And other times the, the whole outline of like, I didn't think it would happen from, you know, Mr. McCready and pulls off the, the mask. Nobody's wearing masks here. And these are people they know, which in my, my world makes it way more terrifying than yes. it's like, because anyone can. Yep. You're the bake sale. What is happening here? And as a mother who's worked bake sales, actually, I've never had to do a bake sale. I've done book fairs, which is probably better because I don't go, if I go home with extra books, that's fine. If I go home with extra brownies, that's not <laughs> as good for me and my cholesterol. Um, but the idea that's like, oh, who are we scared of? Our parents, which has a little element to, I don't know if you've seen Marvel's The Runaways. No, um, I have not. So it, it's a comic book series, but it was on, I want to say it was Fox 11, but uh, well, 11's out here, but it was replayed on Hulu. But basically you've got a group of semi superpowered teens and the bad guys are their parents who are involved in this dark conspiracy. And there was, there's a religious element too, but very different than yours. Cause theirs is more like new age cults kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yours is like, Oh, Hey, we're beating you over the head literally with a Bible. Like literally. I said, yeah with the Bible, which reminds me, I don't know if you ever saw the movie saved, like the satire saved, which there's, I'm sure it's been memed, which is just funny where one of the characters hits the other one with the Bible. And they're like, this is not a weapon. (laughs) Cause they literally smack someone. (laughs) That is the improper use of any kind of book is not physically hitting people with it. But some of us have felt like we've been hit over the head with the Bible. And I'm sure I would like, would feel the nails in his literally. And yeah, Mm-hmm. felt that felt that but i will also say for religious folks out there i am one of them and because you made up a church right mm-hmm. that's not a real church so no one's be like that's my denomination and how could you skylet there's no yeah way. i don't think this is anyone's <laughs> denomination. if it not. is you should be concerned but i i don't yeah. think this is any no. yeah you can look through your look through your thing and if you take any of those boxes off like secret services red flag there maybe like if there's secret services that aren't open to everybody that's usually kind of a sometimes problem if people can't just come and see what it's about just just saying but i i did love how you had all those elements and stuff and people sneaking around and doing all that but i felt like it was very realistically done too that people could say oh you know i've seen some of that or what are they doing behind those meetings it's boring. There's, there's like an agenda and it's usually people drinking coffee and going, Oh, what's the budget? There was no budget meeting going on for yours. No, there was no math. I imagine not, maybe I imagine not. <laughs> Probably not. You're like, what's the budget for ruining children's lives? Oh, okay. We have enough money in the bake sale for, for doing that this time. But so earlier you said, so we are going to figure out how you're going to learn to sign your name when you write romances, because you're going to probably have to make up a new name. How are you going to manage? Like you said, you, you do horror and romance shows up romance, something weird happens. Are we going to go full horror? And and then it's like, roar. How do you combine romance and horror? Rom or horror? Horror-mance. No, this is horror-mance. Oh. But if oh, it's romance, so I can't. Would I do... Um, and in the future, I plan on doing maybe adult rom-coms with a different mm-hmm. pen name. Um, I don't think those would not 
be horror. Okay. But they would have they would have that weird now, elements to it. It would yeah. be weird, but it wouldn't be horror. It would just be kind of like, okay, that's a little wacky. Like, <laughs> and I, I think people would definitely be able to tell that it was me. Um, because it would have yeah, my friends described my kind of author brand as like a curio cabinet. Like it's just a little, little strange. So it wouldn't be a horror, but it would have like kind of darker elements to it, uh, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think it would be however you pronounce like romance and horror. I don't think it would be yeah, that. I tried. I'm like, uh, but I think it would be kind of like weird humor, a little dark yeah. uh, of a rom com. Like well, I always told people, don't expect me to write like a Hallmark romance. Unless there's like the Krampus in it, like <laughs> so don't expect, don't expect just a normal like. I, I just it's got to be strange somehow uh, for me to write it. Well, and it's like we've seen where we've got everything. Obviously, Twilight, where you've got mm -hmm. romance with vampires, and I've seen there have been books out now where we've got somebody who's in love with a ghost, but it was obviously mm -hmm. a human to start. So I would love to see your take on it and. If you want to write the Hallmark with Krampus, I would totally read that because I would read it. Is one. Like, I would read it right now. <laughs> you're like, oh, does that exist? Hallmark, if you're listening, oh, no, I would love to read that. Yeah, find Skyla's agent, let her know that you're interested in that pitch. You know, they'll they'll do it from there. Um, are you working on something like that right now, or are you still writing another? Are you? Is I'm there on is a there second a, book for young okay, adult horror? Okay, yeah. is it going to be a horror romance again? Mm -hmm. Is it? Does it follow this book, or is it no. different? Okay. Totally different. Um, it's not contracted yet, um, but definitely going to be another horror man's very different from Together We Rot, but it, it has some sort of similar elements, but it is, it's not in the same world. It's not a sequel, um, but it is have the same genre, um, blend. Well, and I, I like the idea that you're creating something new because it's always nice to be like, oh, what else has she got? What else, where else is she going? What's the more lore you can throw in here? <laughs> I would love to read that. But I'm like, okay, so if you need beta readers, you can just throw it my way. But you've got a great team, so you're, you're, you're good. But if you go more rom-com side, then I, I will say- Definitely going to do that on the side. To be working on, working on both. And it's funny because I think some people are going, well, author branding, you have to have- a specific thing and only do that. And most authors' brains don't work that way mm -hmm. because most people don't want to churn out the same thing, even slightly different variations on it. We want to be doing different things. And I write rom-coms and I write speculative and people are like, oh, is there romance in it? I'm like, no. And okay, so one of mine has a little bit of romance in it, but mostly they don't. And that's just like when I'm working on this side of my brain, that's where it goes. And romance doesn't play a big part there. And then the other side is very silly and gets into those kinds of romantic, silly situations. And it's not scary and it's not nothing, nothing weird is going on other than normal, normal romantic relationships are weird enough, right? Like you don't have to add extra stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you add Krampus, I, I say, I say do it. Okay, Skylar, you have been amazing. And I thank you so much for taking time on a Saturday of all things to come and <laughs> chat with us here. Uh, your your website, everybody, because Skylar did not want two A's next to each other, because Skylar aren't. Skylar aren't, yeah. <laughs> would not do it. So her website's scrolling below. It's aren't Skylar. And if you tag her on social media, that's usually how it is too. So type the aren't first. And it's it's not the contraction of are not. It's a People who are listening and are like, what are you saying? It's A-R-N-D-T. There you go. So you can find her on social media, find her book. When does Together We Rock come out? Because it's it's debuting soon. August 29th. So We're we are, it is there. soon. I'm scared. But 
Um, you said Allison is flying out from California yeah. somewhere. Yeah. She's so Wisconsin. A launch event August 29th together, and I'm really excited for that. So people be looking for that. Be pre-ordering the book now. Is there a good place to pre-order it from that you you can pre-order anywhere? You can do Barnes and Noble. You can get it about anywhere. I know I have. You can find more information about my local indie on my social media if you want to get signed copies. But I do have a pre-order campaign going. So you order anywhere, fill out my pre-order campaign, and you'll get some. Are there goodies? Some goodies. I got, I got, I don't have the other one with me, but I have two art prints and the other one, one on your website where it's the, the two of them with their, yeah. okay. Cause that's really cute. Cool too. So if you go to her website and you see that, cause the, whoever did your art, I, they did a fabulous job. I'm like, Oh, that's so pretty. Lesia, I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Lesia Blackbird did that. Did they do your cover too? No, that was Marcella Bolivar. Your cover's gorgeous. I Thank have you. I am obsessed with, with it. Part of it's the colors, like those are just colors I love, but also just the art style is beautiful. And I know people are like, covers, do they matter? They matter. And they're going to yeah, be really like more. Marcella She yes. has like an illustration page and everything. And it's like, follow her because she, yeah. she does really, she does other covers and really good work. Gorgeous. Skyla, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're going to have more shows coming. I have to actually book them with the, the different authors to find schedule times, but we have, we'll probably have two in September or October because I've got more than two people ready to go. So be following. And if you are not already following the Vox Vomitus page on YouTube, that's where all the videos are, including to the moon, Allison and let's scare Jennifer to death who still thinks she should have gotten you on her show, but I stole you. And you find it there. So like and subscribe to that to make sure you never miss a video. And sometimes they all show up under live because these air live. So go find it over there. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, Skyla. Bye. Thank you.